0: I know you like the fresh racks. So the I do best. love the fresh rack.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Brick and Modem podcast. I am one of your hosts Trevor, aka Retro Rewinder, and this is Jake Kimmer. How's it going, Jake? That's going pretty good. So, I really wanted to get together about two weeks after we recorded last time. And I have been fighting internet issues in my barn and trying to get my barn ready, but hey, we made it within a month. So um, that's not too bad. (laughs) No. So how have things been going with you, Jake?
0: Going pretty good. I've I've done some more sales, more listings on eBay lately. Um, Our store has kind of slowed down a little bit, but we're still doing pretty good. We're still making profit. so, yeah,
1: things are, things are going all right. Not bad. Okay. um, So when you said, like, your your store, you mean the actual physical location, correct?
0: Yeah, our physical store in uh, Brownsburg, Indiana. We have our, our game store. If you're new to the podcast, uh, me and another friend named John, who will probably bring on one of these episodes, I think he wants to come on and talk. We have a small uh, game store called Hole in the Wall Games, we call it and i guess the store term is used loosely we rent a eight foot by 12 foot section in a really nice indoor upscale resale type store called gizmos galleria if you're ever in the brownsburg area stop in and give us a give us a visit i think you'll like it but we jam all kinds of really cool stuff in there video games posters toys um tv mounts i think we've had in there uh just consoles you name it nerd stuff you know man cave stuff whatever that kind of stuff is in there uh we have a gamecube kiosk which is super cool uh, i think we need to change the gamecube in it but <laughs> that's okay but yeah it's um it's what we have we've been in there for like three years uh three years now solid now have you fixed the sticker machine yet? I have to get a base for it. Um, I'm looking around. I think a like a table base would work for it. I, I have to, I guess my thing is I want it to be safe because we have lots of kids that visit mm-hmm. our, our booth and we have a, uh, a sticker machine like where you put the quarters in for those watching or listening and you push it in and pull it out and the little cardboard sleeve comes out and there's stickers usually in them when you go to the store. We're putting Pokemon cards and magic cards in it. So we've got the cards, we've got the little things to put them in, but when you push and pull on that machine, it's very heavy. The machine is. It needs to be on a base that won't fall over. So I don't want some kid to push it in, pull it in, the fu- machine fall on. And that'd just be terrible. So.
1: So that's the only thing you need to get it going.
0: Yeah, I just need to get the base, and I need to fill it. But it's going to be pretty cool. We're we're opening. Um, we're buying entire booster boxes of certain sets of Pokemon cards, typically the newer ones, but whatever. And we're just sliding them in. We're not like taking out a good card and selling it online or, or anything like that. If there's a $500 card in there, there's a $500 card in the machine kind of thing. Um, the energy cards, I've been just doubling those up. So if I come across, you know, every pack has an energy card in it. So sometimes they might get two cards out of there, an energy and something else. So totally blind, we shuffle them up so that they they're not in any specific order. You might put in fifty cents and get a nice pull. Put fifty cents, get another nice pull, or it may be so many cards before you get a nice card. I don't know, but it's kind of the allure of it, I guess. And I bought a whole bunch of classic uh, magic cards. I'm gonna try to see if I can make. For a quarter, put them in there like a quarter a piece, but um,
1: yeah, so that'll be fun, Make something different. Well, I'm looking forward to the time that you actually get it in the shop and see what it, if people are buying. So,
0: yeah, it'll be interesting.
1: So, I mentioned I'm in fighting internet issues, I bought a, a Wi Fi extender. Uh, so, so basically, my barn is 20 feet from the back of my house, 30 feet, maybe it's pretty close. But it is a um, it's an aluminum building that is very well insulated now. Um, when I didn't have insulation in here, the internet was spotty, but I still got internet out here. After I insulated it, I had a hard time getting any internet in- any internet out here at all. Uh, so my Wi-Fi extender that I bought originally to work out here it just it wasn't doing anything. Yeah. I had a I think a 50 foot cable that I tried to hardwire out here just to, as an experiment. We had a, a cable from like our an old satellite dish that came into our living room. Um, basically, I just pulled that out of the wall and then ran an ethernet cable from my living room, tried trying to make it to the barn. It wasn't long enough. Um, I was going to buy like a an in-ground cable that you can just bury by itself, um, but I never got around to doing that. So I tried a different couple Wi-Fi extenders Um, And basically what I had to do is buy a mesh network. So it's a, it's got like a router on it and then it's got two satellites. So the router plugs into my modem in my living room. Then I have a satellite in the very corner of my house that's closest to the barn. So that satellite amplifies my router signal to where it almost gets like into the barn a little bit. And then you're not going to be able to see it, but when I first walk into my barn, I put the second satellite right there. So basically, it takes the amplified signal from the first satellite and finally gives me internet out here. So I had to do a, a mesh system for it to work. And I actually tried another mesh system, and it was a little bit cheaper, and it just it didn't work as well. So I had to spend up a little bit for it. But thankfully, I have internet out here. All the walls are done in the barn now, so... Um it's a little messy in here, but it's actually complete. I've got a furnace that's sitting on the floor um, back there that my father-in-law and my grandfather-in-law are going to help me put up. Um, I got it quoted from a an actual furnace person and they wanted to charge me like three grand to hang yeah. a uh, propane furnace. so um, that that wasn't gonna happen. so I bought a I think it cost me like four hundred bucks from Menard's. Um, Now the problem is I can't get a tank, an LP tank. I called Mm. all the places I could think of around here and I could only find one company that would actually sell me a tank. I really need a 120 gallon tank because if it's 120 gallons or less, you can sit it right next to your structure. Anything over that, you have to have a 10 foot gap, which means I would have to trench line and i just don't want to have to do that so i need i really want a 120 gallon tank the problem is the one place that would sell me the tank they want to charge me a thousand dollars for a 120 gallon tank which normally like a 500 gallon tank is like fifteen hundred dollars so it's they're they're charging ridiculous prices right now and then even if i wanted to get it they're going to charge or um i'm not going to get it till march of next year so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Menards and I'm going to buy two 100-pound tanks. Um, which there is a very big difference between a 100-gallon tank and a 100-pound tank. Um, but I'm going to try to like um, daisy them together or whatever it's called, and hopefully that'll give me enough propane. And I'm I'm really hoping that they'll just they'll fill the 100-pound tanks for me when they come to fill my other one. I don't know. We're we're kind of working out those details. Um, but right now I have an electric fireplace out here. That's it's doing okay, but it's only been like 30 degrees around here. Um, if we start hitting single digits, I I don't think it's going to work. So I need some more firepower out here. Um, but that's been my update with the barn. I'm super happy to have it all done. I've got two light boxes in front of me now because I was just using one ring light to take my pictures. That's helping with the the, shat, the weird shadows you kind of get when you ha- have a ring light. So that's been really nice. Just having everything in one spot has been super convenient. I come out here and I can work and not have to run inside a million times. Um, I do want to get everything out of my basement because I'm making a sale every now and then and finding the thing is ruined from water damage, which mm-hmm. really sucks. I sold some bingo cards a couple weeks ago for 70 bucks and once I got to them they were they were all trashed which really sucks but once I get everything out of the basement I'm going to create a shipping station out here and then it'll be 100% ran through the barn That'd So the only nice. thing I'm doing yeah the only thing I'm doing right now is I have some storage of inventory and I do all my shipping inside still So any other updates Jake? Nope, not for me. Okay, so we um, before we jump into our main topic, uh, we do have a topic today. Jake was filling me in on his underwear escapades. So, <laughs> Jake, why don't we um, update our viewers of how your underwear sales have gone? Because I know you have some totals now.
0: I was able to get Excel to work with me. So, finally, I have some totals for first-time <laughs> oh, and, listeners. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Oh, yeah. Are, were you going to tell the story of where you got them? Yeah, I was going to give them just quick. a recap. So
0: i bought uh i found uh some jockey underwear like whole rack of them and, I, and the place i bought them from got them from the i think they got them directly from the manufacturers like a donation thing and they were selling them so much you know you buy so many pair for so much or whatever and i was going through and picking out ones i thought would be good and then i just said you know what let's just get the manager so i got the manager over and i said how much for just all of it let me just buy it all so i ended up working out a deal with the manager and i have a subaru outback and i had that thing full of trash bags black trash bags where we just threw them in and tied them off i mean it was all brand new so i went home with all this underwear and it took months to get it separated sorted um figure out what the cut is what style it was what line it came from all that it was a ton of work and i still probably got about half of it to list so i've listed about 50 percent of it i think there was like i can't remember exactly 14 15 1600 pieces of underwear and bras and all that stuff and Which everybody laughed. Like,
1: was it 500 bucks
0: i can't i'd have like to that. pull it up again to remember but it was yeah, it was somewhere around that. Yeah, I think I, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd
1: look from what I remember, it was like five hundred or a little more, maybe.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. It was a pretty substantial amount of money, really, for something I really didn't really sell very much of in the beginning, anyway. But anyway, um, I tried last time we talked to get Excel to add it up, but they just weren't doing it. Well, I got it figured out, and there goes Trevor. You can keep talking. I'm just filming <laughs> my light down a little bit. So I, I put it through Excel tonight before we started talking. I, I kind of did some tricks, and I was able to get a profit total. Um, that's the number I'll, I'll share with the with the listeners here. So after you take into account the purchase of all the underwear, take into account all the fees, all the shipping, all the eBay, all that stuff, Bottom line, this is how much I've made so far on Just Underwear. 288 unique sales. Some might be one pair. Some might be multiple pair. But 288 orders, I should say. Uh, $3,428.87. That's crazy. He asked me uh,
1: how much I thought he would have made, and I was about $1,000 short of what he actually made
0: off the underwear and it's made easy quite leave. a few
1: car payments
0: i sure did yeah. <laughs> i sure did and it's been once you get all the back end of the work done the sorting and um categorizing and figuring out what everything is it hasn't been too hard to list because you could just do one listing and just do variations like size and color so and just take one picture of each color and boom you're you're done so if you're new to ebay and you don't do a lot of listings if you get something that you can do multiple listings of like maybe it's t-shirts you got a whole box of t-shirts and they're different sizes and stuff you can do a variation listing but only one listing so I, i i wouldn't have known that in the past i guess i would have probably just did each size its own listing so that plus um Combined shipping and shipping discounts and stuff like that, it encourages multiple uh, purchases per order. So, I, I couldn't believe it either when I added it up. I didn't think I would make $3,000
1: total. But and you think, have, you're thinking you got about um, another three grand probably to make from it? Uh, at least. I don't have any of the bras
0: listed. And uh, for all the men listening that have wives out there, you know how much those things cost. Maybe. They are expensive. <laughs> they're expensive. <laughs> so I've got a bunch of those still. Um, I've got a sort, and I probably got one of those huge tubs, just chock full. And they're all brand new. None of, none of them are used or anything like that. So pretty nice uh, pretty nice little deal. It, it's taken me almost a year to get that. So it's it's a slow sale thing. It's not something that happened overnight or within a month. But 3400 bucks, it's worth it.
1: And for those of you that don't know, Jake has a full-time job, and he also has the, the booth that we were talking about earlier. So it's not like it took him a year, but it's not like he worked every single day trying to get these underwear listed. That's when he finds time to do it. Um, right. So that's a, a really good profit. And I know a lot of people called you crazy for buying all that underwear, and I may have been one of those people because I – I did not think you would make that much money off of it. So, congratulations uh, for proving everybody wrong.
0: That's right. I, I know a couple of people that are like, "Hey, let me in on that." Well, too yeah. late. <laughs> too late. So, at this point, if I wanted, if I got, to, if I was done with the underwear game and I didn't want to mess with it anymore, and I donated it to Goodwill or gave it away or don't, dropped it off at a shelter, or some I'm still thirty-four hundred up. That's that's a profit number. Not total sales number. Yeah. Total sales number would be much higher than that. I think eBay's taking what I tell you, like eBay's taking fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars. Right. So plus I'm a little upside down on shipping, but not much. It's pretty decent. And,
1: and you use managed payments, but do you do you have all those fees come out of the sale before you ever get it, or do you go back and pay those with like your credit card?
0: They come out. I just let eBay kind of treat me like amazon does where they just they take their cut and they give you what's left
1: look at all that money you're missing out on those on those credit card rewards Yeah, uh,
0: forget all <laughs> them credit cards dave ramsey <laughs> i paid that stupid credit card off like six years ago i don't think i put a hundred dollars on it in six
1: years <laughs> yeah yeah i, I could get I, some
0: points but
1: yeah. i like to go back because i just have it automatically get paid but i can't turn down the like one and a half percent you know i i spend a ton of money on shipping and then i get a little bit of that back every time which i like so
0: yeah maybe if i was full-time like you might think about doing that but for little stuff that i do online eh, it probably
1: wouldn't be worth my time but yep that's what i've done it's pretty cool so jake um he really want he's been wanting to talk about um some shipping topics since we very first started this so we are going to talk about um pirate ship so jake i'll let you kind of take it away and and what you want to talk about and this is more of a a you thing especially one of the topics and then i'll kind of jump in when i can
0: all right i want to talk about pirate ship that's something that i learned about i think in 2019 from other youtube people that do reselling and i was I thought, wow, that's pretty interesting stuff. I should probably look into that. So I started looking into that. There's two. Um, I mean, they offer everything except, what do we say, um, media mail. I don't think they have media yeah, mail. They don't do they, media. They pretty much do everything else, USPS. And just this year, they added UPS um, shipping options as well. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but there's two, two uh, major things that I use Pirate Ship for over eBay. Uh, and I'll tell you 2021, I've used less Pirate Ship than 2020. They kind of took a step down, um, but I'll get into that in a minute. One of the two services I want to talk about, if you've never heard of Pirate Ship, you may never heard of this as well, it's called Priority Mail Cubic Rate or Cubic. Uh, basically, if you have a, an item that's heavy, it's, uh, uh, between, I think one pound or just over a pound to, I think the maximum weight is, I think 20 pounds is what, yeah, 20 pounds is, I got some notes, 20 pounds maximum. So one to 20 pounds, but the box dimensions are less than a half a cubic foot, however you want to measure that, um. You can ship it with this service and they say it can save you up to 89 percent of what a normal priority mail shipping would cost it can go in a box or it can go in a poly mailer as well and there's a calculator and they've got math here and i'm not a math person but if you go to pirate ships website you can type in the box dimensions and weight and get a quote or get an idea Of how much that would save so if you've got a smaller heavier item that you sell uh, maybe on occasion or maybe you uh, like an Etsy type thing you make stuff like maybe slate coasters that would probably be something that would go cubic Uh, but if you make something or you have product that you sell a lot of that is heavy but small you might run it through pirate ship uh, when you sell and just get an idea maybe it's cheaper maybe it isn't but Priority Mail Cubic, I wish I'd have known about that sooner uh,
1: because it's it's pretty pretty sweet service. So Priority Mail Cubic is actually why I got a Pirate Ship account. After hearing other YouTubers talk about it, um, it it was worth to try it because Pirate Ship is free. So um, you don't have to pay anything except when you actually go to print the labels. And the great thing is you can use it on other platforms. So like for, for instance, Mercari has the worst shipping ever, which we're going to talk about in an upcoming episode, but I, I hate Mercari shipping. So if you want to ship by yourself, you can print straight from pirate ship and just upload your tracking to Mercari. Um, it's, yes. it's great. It's free. And that's really the only thing that I've ever used pirate ship for, except the next thing Jake's going to talk about, which I've only done it once or twice
0: the next service that pirate ship offers is um, called simple export rate uh, simple export rate they say is the cheapest international shipping rate they call it on the seven seas pirate ship if you can't tell has a pirate theme so everything is it's kind of funny really they it, even if you chat with somebody they act like they're pirates it's pretty cool it's hokey it's <laughs> I think it's fun it, it's it is that's a good way of saying it But simple export rate, now if you get a new account through Pirate Ship and you want to use simple export rate, you're not gonna be able just to jump on and use it. You'll have to have a conversation with one of the people that work there through their chat. So before you sell something that's going to Germany, you might wanna get that set up first. That's just my top tip. It's free still. They just say, okay, you now have access to it. So I didn't know that at first and I was wondering how, why can't I find this? Why is everybody talking about? You must chat with somebody first. Uh, Simple export rate works in a specific way. There are some parameters that you have to follow in order for this to work. Uh, First is the weight restriction. They have a grid or a, a table where it has weight and it says Canada or the rest of the world. And it's up to not over the weight so your first tier is half a pound so if you have something that weighs a half a pound or less in the box with label on it the whole nine yards Canada is going to cost you eight dollars and 49 cents to ship and anywhere else in the world I think they have like 55 countries that they go to I've not ran into one where they don't service Uh, that's 1049 for half a pound. And then one pound is ten forty-nine for Canada, fifteen forty nine rest of the world. Then it goes two pound, three pound, and four pound. The four pound total, Canada's twenty three forty nine and rest of the world's thirty-five forty nine. If you've ever do any international shipping, you're gonna know that is cheap. I did a four pound package to the UK for seventy five bucks a couple oh, of years man. ago. I could have paid, you know, thirty-five, thirty-six dollars. So that's pretty cheap. That's the weight parameter, uh, the, the length and dimensions. It can be any type of regular cardboard or custom box. It can even be an envelope. The it says the maximum length is 24 inches in any direction. So no more than two foot in any direction. The length, the height and the width combined cannot total more than 36 inches. So if you add up your length, width, and height, and you're under thirty or uh, 36 or less, you're good. And under four pounds, or right at four pounds, I guess. Another thing they want to throw in on the fine print, too, is there's a maximum value allowed of $400. So,
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that either until I was just
1: printing out this fine print stuff.
0: So that's pretty cool. Now... There's some, The pros to that, obviously, are the price savings, right, versus mm-hmm. what eBay charging. Now, eBay for 2021 has become very, very competitive to this pirate ship number. Um, a lot of times I'll ship something that is, uh, say, it's about a pound or two pounds, so about 15 to 17 dollars. And eBay will only be a couple dollars more to use eBay's international shipping. So that's okay.
1: Go ahead. I, I have a question for you. So when you say international shipping, like, are you talking about the global shipping program? Or are you talking about a different thing?
0: No, not the global shipping.
1: Okay. Let me. Uh, for people that don't know, the global shipping program, which is the reason I have never really used simple export rate is because this is really the only thing that I use is basically a program where the buyer selects to buy it through the global shipping program. You then they, so they, they pay a price to you to ship it to Kentucky. So then you ship it to Kentucky. Then they, the buyer has to pay an additional expense from an eBay shipping center person to ship it mm-hmm. from Kentucky to them. I have heard that it is very expensive mm-hmm. for the buyer's end. For the seller, you don't have to worry about anything, which is why I like it so much because let's say if I ship something to Australia, they purchase it through the global shipping program. Once it gets to them, I'm clear of any worry. Yes. They can't return the item because it's all handled through the global shipping program, yep. so they're stuck with it for for a better term. And you don't have to pay anything. So they're they're whatever you charge for shipping, they're paying that like anyway to get it to Kentucky. Then yeah. everything outside of that is outside of your hands. You don't have to worry about a thing. So kind of like that's a the shipping, shipping. Yes, yes, exactly. So so what are you talking about when you say the international shipping? Because I've never used that on eBay.
0: Well, when you're making your eBay listing and you're in the shipping section of the eBay listing um whatever it is the thing that you there's a little box you can check that says you know use global shipping program Mm -hmm. if that box is not checked you can still sell to other countries you'll just have to use whatever like pirate ship or usps or ups fedex all of those have international shipping options but ebay has since added their own in there and i don't know if they I don't know what they're using. I don't use it. I've never used it because it's always been a couple bucks more than pirate ship. So I just go over to pirate ship, save a couple bucks. Right. But it's, but it's closing
1: that gap. It sounds like
0: it's closing the gap. Yeah. So it's probably along the same lines I'd imagine. Um, But so the shipping thing is pretty cool. I always add another $2. So if the, say I'm shipping a three pound item to Canada uh, they're gonna charge sixteen dollars and forty nine cents, right? So I'll add, I'll make that eighteen ninety nine, for instance. I'll make that my price, which is still cheaper than if I did global shipping for my customer, because I've heard it's quite. I'm not. I don't know the exact number or how to figure it out, but I heard it's quite a bit higher. So I was under Hi. the impression <laughs> that if I by watching other people on YouTube that resell for a living and give their opinions and talking to Pirate Ship and all that kind of stuff, I was in, I'm was i under the impression that, hey, you know what? If I go ahead and uncheck the global shipping, use global shipping, and I just flat rate Canada, flat rate, rest of world, you know, mark it up a couple bucks. They're making, the, you know, a good sale. I'm getting a good sale. I, I might get more people from other countries to buy my items because they're going to say, wow, his shipping's only $19 or whatever versus that guy who's got the same priced item, global shipping. Maybe his is like $40, you know, total. I don't know. So I think it's helped my international sales. Um, and I've sold a
1: ton of stuff in the last two years using this simple export rate. So so when you set up your listings Jake you have to create a, a like a shipping rule on eBay for Canada and then you have to create a shipping rule for all the other countries. Yeah. And you and you just put that flat rate price in. You don't you're not doing like a calculated shipping. You that's right. Put, flat rate. It's, I'm charging 20 bucks or whatever it is that you're charging.
0: Yeah, because if I as long as my weight and my box dimensions which I've not had it one I don't think any time the box dimensions has thrown me off. I mean a lot of underwear has been sold using this. Right. But um I've used that quite a bit and I think I've increased my international sales because of using it. But that yeah. was that was in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. And I'm slowly weaning off of it. Uh, For a couple reasons now that the pros are obvious, you save money, you you possibly can get more traction internationally, more sales internationally, it's better for the client because it's cheaper for them, you know, hey, if I'm buying something overseas, and I can get shipping cheaper, I'm going to buy it from that person versus somebody else, right? Because at the end of the day, it's the bottom line how much you spend. Mm -hmm. But there are some drawbacks. To using the simple export rate so use it with caution. Um, I found that adding the $2 extra for me has been used to buy insurance. I'm starting to buy insurance on all my that international is- package sales and if you want to read about it you can. I, I got it here but to save time I'm not going to go over it. But insurance is calculated so much value equals so much extra i find two dollars pretty much covers me every time and i've been buying the insurance
1: it, they switched regardless from, on what you sell do you buy the insurance
0: i buy the insurance if it goes okay. overseas and i use simple export rate i am buying the insurance i've been burned a couple times and i didn't have any trouble in 2019 every package i sent out got delivered it was great but USPS did something, I I don't remember what exactly, there's probably an article on their website about it, uh, Pirate Ships website. I just remember that they went away from USPS because they were raising the rates of this uh, international thing, so it wasn't even going to be nearly affordable. So they went and used another company, you still use USPS, it's kind of like the global shipping program, you buy something from me, you're in Germany. Uh, I get a label that takes it to, like, Missouri or somewhere. I can't remember where it goes. It goes to wherever their shipping center is. It's a company called Ascendia, A-S-C-E-N-D-I-A. I guess Etsy used them at one point or something. What I think I remember reading. But anyway, they are the ones that take it. So USPS, I print my label. It goes USPS to their shipping center. It gets relabeled with the information that I have applied into it from the pirate ship portal. And then it, boom, goes off to whatever country it's going to. I had so many problems shipping to Mexico. I had to go into eBay and block Mexico. I had to block an entire country. That's ridiculous. And what was the problem with shipping there? I would... I would get it out, I I do next day, next business day shipping, which it's not easy to do, but I get the products in the package, it goes out next business day, I follow my end of the agreement, USPS delivers it to the, to the Ascenda building, wherever it's at, and then they send it off, and it lands in the country, Uh, Mexico, Germany, Australia, wherever, you know, Canada, whatever, and then... For Mexico, I think more times than not, it never got delivered. Like, it'd say 40 some days later, I'd get a message from, you know, my customer, hey, I never received my product. You know, or most of the time, I get a thing from eBay saying they want their money back because they didn't get their product. And I'll pull up the tracking, and it's been in the country, not scanned, just scanned into the country, and it's sat there, like it got lost.
1: It could be in- could be in customs it could be, could be in the, in a trash the middle of a road or something
0: you know you who don't knows? know where it is who knows someone opened it and saw it. wow underwear i can wear these and they kept them
1: i don't know <laughs> i don't know so, what they so did then, so then you were stuck with paying the, the buyer back out of your pocket
0: yeah because ebay will just snatch it they just take it you know yeah. even if whatever they're going to take it in fact they took it one time and they felt bad for me, so they gave me the next three sales without eBay fees. That was oh. weird. <laughs> yeah, that anyway, is weird. I've never heard
1: that.
0: It's never happened again yeah. either. So I had so many problems with Mexico, and I, I don't know if it's some, if it's something with their post or what. That I just shut off Mexico altogether. Um, so that nah, I think I'm going to reinstate them, but just recently and this week alone, I had to um, to refund a buyer from australia it was like 70 something dollars it hurt oh man it sat on wherever in australia it sat there for like 38 days before they said something and i bought insurance on them i started buying insurance right but the insurance isn't for them the insurance is for me so i had to file a claim through pirate ship for this ascenda thing and they wanted Screenshots of proof that USPS got the item, that they shipped the item. that da. They wanted to know how much you paid for it. You know, they wanted all this stuff, and I Which don't. The post know, office does the same thing. It's along those lines. Yeah. But typically, the customer is the one that
1: does it. In my, I think. But I've always, whenever I have an issue, I only, I've, I've gotten the free priority insurance that comes with anything you ship priority. And normally the only time that I capitalize on it is when my item gets broken on the way to them. And I've always gotten my money refunded, but I've had to provide photos. I've had to provide all that stuff. So,
0: Well, I put in for all of that for the Australia package. So maybe next time we get together, I'll have an update on it. But I bought the insurance for that. So it's just really leaving a bad taste in my mouth. You know what I mean? Um, so I think I'm going to start going back to global shipping program for the reasons that you mentioned. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit more for my cl- my clients, my customers. But that'll be their choice whether or not they want to buy it or not. Because once yeah, it leaves just, my hands, if it's sat well, in home country for 38 days, it doesn't come back to me.
1: Yeah, you're definitely not going to have as many sales but the sales that you will have will just be so much easier. Um, I do have a question about the um, the simple export rate. Let's say you ship it to Ireland and the buyer gets it, but then they open a return. So are you stuck with paying them to actually send the item back to you as well and yeah, have through, to refund them? Yeah, through eBay's,
0: even though I offer no returns on undergarments right obvious reasons yeah Uh, yeah ebay will step in 99 out of 100 times they're gonna step in and they will make you pay because what will happen is i sold a pair of underwear to germany just one pair they were like 20 30 pair of underwear really nice hard to find whatever Uh, they're new they're not used guy gets them says they're used (laughs) <laughs> clearly they're not used they're brand new he's just he knows the system and i got i got kind of screwed on the deal because what will happen is regardless of what you say like no i will not take this back blah 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 whatever if he goes into ebay prints a return label and ships it back to me i'm on the hook for whatever that label cost him and I guarantee he's not using simple export rate to mail me back right. a pair of underwear. So it was just more cost effective for me just to refund him and say, keep the brand new pair of underwear they are clearly not used. You scammer. Have a nice yeah. life.
1: So you got to be cautious on that on the they, return side. That's why I haven't done simple export rate because I am terrified of somebody opening returns on me. Basically, the only time that I will do simple export rate is if I have a buyer message me and say, do you ship to blah, 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 and I always respond, I do, but I use the global shipping program. Then if they follow up after that and request to see if there's any way to make it a little cheaper, I then will kind of bend a little bit and I will, I'll look up the simple export rate. And I'll say, yeah, I could probably get it to you for this. And then I add extra money like you do. I I probably do more than two bucks. It's probably, probably $5 more, or yeah. I just up it to the next. Like if I think it's, if I think it's a two pound item, I'll take it to the three pound rate because I'm, I don't, um, pre box hardly anything that I sell. So that's another yeah. thing that kind of makes me nervous. I I try to do my best to guess I'll weigh the item before it's in a box. But that doesn't include the box. It doesn't include any of the packing material. Um, right. So sometimes I get screwed just shipping it to like California. Um, but yeah, I get a little nervous that they would open a return. So that's why I just I always do the global shipping program because the return process is it doesn't involve me at all. Um, I know that when a buyer they can still request returns and eat. I, from my understanding eBay actually refunds them. But it doesn't go through me at all. So it's when I get an international sale through the global shipping program, I just hear Kaching and I'm like, yep, I just made that money no matter what. I'm done. Yeah. All I got to do is get it to Kentucky, which is normally very cheap for us in Indiana to ship it to Kentucky. So it's it's just a win-win for the global shipping program.
0: And that's kind of where I was where I'm leaning towards. I, I made some pretty impressive sales. Uh, The last several days, some Christmas items that I've been holding on to since summer, uh, waiting for the price to go up. And boy, did they ever. Um, (laughs) I did not opt for the uh, simple export rate at all. I global shipping, blah, blah, whatever. I think something went to Canada. Um, But I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to fall into that. I don't want to wait weeks upon weeks to get my money back after. Refunding and you know I I like I like uh, Mexico. It's a great nice country. I've never been there. I I hear the beaches are nice, (laughs) but I'd like to turn Mexico back on because there's a lot of people there that buy stuff from here. Right. I think I'm gonna turn them back on and I might go back. I don't know on the underwear stuff because it's I got like nothing in it. I think I'll leave global shipping off on those and just use simple export rate.
1: When if somebody does open a return, like you said, you can just give them the item and it's not going to hurt you too bad.
0: Right. I obviously already made my money, so I'm not out anything. But, um, yep, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about tonight. I just wanted to let people know that there are other options out there, and there are pros and there are cons to each one. You just have to weigh the pros and cons, like the simple export rate you know, since they use that other company, it's just, I'm not as reliable. I'm not happy. And if you look up Better Business Bureau or or reviews on that company, they're terrible. I just looked them up the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. But Pirate Ship is just doing what they can to uh, keep the rates low for everyone. And, you know, my tip is if you want to do it, Buy the insurance and buy the insurance for the cost of the item and the cost of the shipping. I didn't do that on this last order, so I'm going to hopefully get my money back for my item, but I got to eat my 18-whatever-I-paid shipping for the thing. So, pro tip, buy the shipping
1: insurance if you use the simple export. So, you uh, sellers out there, if you decide to do the simple export rate, Just know, kind of uh, we'll recap a little bit. You need to make sure that you know the exact dimensions and weight of the item if you choose to go that route. Because if you're off by a couple ounces and it puts you up to that next tier, you're going to be paying the difference. And it's not going to be a cheap difference of a dollar or two. You're going to have to pay that. And know that if somebody doesn't get the item or decides to return the item, you again are going to be responsible for that. Um, getting back to you or refunding the buyer out of your pocket. Um, the, the, definitely the pros is you're going to get more international sales if you do simple export rate. It's, it's obvious Jake gets more sales than I do internationally. I get maybe two or three a week international, but I also sell a lot more than Jake does. And he's probably getting that same amount with the lower number of sales because he does use that simple export rate. So like Jake said, it's definitely you got to look at the pros and the cons. It sounds like if if I'm getting it right, you're not recommending it as much as you used to in 2019, 2020, even.
0: Correct. And if they can change, I'm just I have no faith in that company. I've had too many failures, too many lost items. And here's the kicker to Trevor that say this Australia package that I, that's been at, at port for thirty eight days. who knows maybe they got boats in the water out there too. I don't know, but I refund the buyer all that money. Who's to say in a week or a month or next year ding dong at the porch there's the package. they could still possibly get it and they most likely will
1: Probably. unless it's just
0: lost forever but I can't believe that things would be lost that. That often, but uh, I don't work in the post office, so I don't know. Maybe that's a statistic, but I'm tired of being the statistic. I'm tired of paying back all this money. Good thing is when you do a refund, the buyer can't give you bad feedback. eBay cut that off, so they can't leave you feedback at all. I don't think they can leave positive or negative feedback.
1: Well, that's good.
0: So if someone's really upset with you because their item didn't show up, I mean, you can clearly show them that, hey, I shipped it within a day or the next business day. You can see that it was scanned at the post office or whatever. You can see that it was sent to the next place. You can see it was sent to your country. I mean, I don't know as a seller how much more you can do to make to make things happen. Once it's out of your hands, if you did your part, I mean, they're just going to be mad. They're going to be mad. So no negative feedback. It's kind of nice
1: last thing i want to add about pirate ship is um even if you plan on never doing the simple export rate and you do not have a pirate ship account you need to go sign up for your free account i use pirate ship just to send stuff to my friends um because you don't have to have a stamps.com account or anything like that it doesn't have to be a sale on ebay like if i if I want to send a, a package to my friend Josh in Alabama, I just log on to Pirate Ship, enter his address, all the dimensions, and I pay for it that way. It'll save you a ton of money, especially if you're one of those people that go to the post office mm-hmm. and purchase your shipping at the post office, which you should never do. That never. get a Pirate Ship account, and you can use it for Mercari. Um, I don't sell on Facebook Marketplace like shipping. I'm gonna start trying in the new year. Do they provide shipping on Facebook Marketplace? Like, do you buy your labels mm-hmm. through Facebook? I don't know.
0: I don't. I don't know either. I've only, I've bought a few things, but I don't yeah. think I've sold. Well, I think you know I sold a camera, but I don't think I use their shipping. Okay. I Everything rem- I, I do remember. on
1: Facebook is local, so. Yeah. Um, but if you sell on all those other platforms, it'll pay dividends to have that pirate ship account so we are not being endorsed anyway by pirate ship i wish we were because that would be pretty cool if you want to endorse our podcast or you know advertise hit us up but uh we're not making any money off them it's just it's a great service so get a pirate ship account it's free why wouldn't you exactly anything else on pirate ship jake the
0: only thing i can say also is if you do have ebay and you've got an item that you think might go maybe one of these special ways to save you some money all you have to do is just leave it in your in your eBay just go over to pirate ship you can link your PayPal or I'm sorry PayPal you can link your eBay account to pirate ship they don't do PayPal and you can go in and select the person and it'll free uh or fill out all their their shipping info and everything for you you just put the package dimensions package weight in and if you buy through Pirate Ship and print the label, it'll automatically send over that information to eBay, like tracking number and stuff like that. So it's really super convenient, super convenient, even though I kind of I kind of dissed them on their simple export rate. I still am a Pirate Ship
1: fan. I still yeah. will use their service. So if you don't follow us on Instagram, you probably should. Um just because we're pretty cool people that have good Instagrams. We post cool stuff. Jake, why don't you let the people know what your Instagram is? It's just my name, Jake Kimmer.
0: It's J-A-K-E-K-A-M-M,
1: as in Mary Mary, E-R-E-R. Very simple. And mine is Retro Rewinder, and I'm pretty much Retro Rewinder on everything. I'm on YouTube. I'm actually making YouTube videos again. I've been fairly consistent lately and on Instagram Um, and we posted or I posted asking for people to send us questions if they had it. And we have our first question from a viewer. Uh, This comes from Goodwill Hunter, who's a good friend of mine. I've been friends with him on YouTube for a long time. His question, Jake, is what's the best thing that you have learned reselling that you wish you knew early on?
0: Well, I was kind of wanting to pull that into what we talked about tonight and the shipping stuff. You touched base on it a little bit. There are so many packages I, I buy on eBay just as well as sell, and I don't know. I I don't know how many times I'll get a package where it's got Sharpie marker with my name written on it and their return address on it and a post office label put on it, and I'm just like, oh come on, people. Buy your postage online. When I first started reselling, I think it was, what, 98 or something like that a long time ago. I think I caught on very quickly to how much money I saved purchasing my labels online. And to take it one step further, uh, part of your gear, if you're going to really want to do resale more than just a couple items a year, you might want to invest in a label printer. I think if I, I think I caught on to that pretty quick. Um, because tape weighs stuff. If you ever go out and buy tape, it's not cheap. I hate buying shipping supplies. It's like terrible. But buying paper, buying ink for your printer, buying tape to tape it on the box. Will it get wet? Will it get ripped off? Who knows, right? So buy a label printer, a four by six inch label printer. They're all over eBay for cheap. I think a hundred bucks gets you a nice one or even probably cheaper than that. Get yourself a thermal label printer right off the gate. It'll save you so much time.
1: I did not catch on as quickly as Jake did. And I don't think I got my label printer until two years ago. Maybe. Um, I know when we, when we worked at the jail, I did not have a label printer. I did. Um, and I was, I was selling quite a bit of things and I'd have to cut, I would have to print it out on a normal like, computer sheet of paper. I'd have to cut it out to the size. And then I'd have to put a minimum of three pieces of tape on every package. Um, I thought it wasn't that big of a deal. And honestly, until I got a label printer, I still didn't think it was a big deal. And once you get that label printer, which pretty much anybody that sells a bunch that has a label printer, this will be the the thing they tell you because every reseller that does this any substantial amount of time has the same answer to this and it's the label printer it saves you so much time it's ridiculous and it saves you money because when you have the thermal label printer it doesn't use ink it's thermal the only thing that you have to do is buy the labels and they're very affordable um i buy i think i get like six rolls at a time and that lasts me at least a month and i sell quite a bit of things so definitely get yourself a label printer
0: six rolls right here just came in the mail
1: <laughs> yeah i think it's it was what, like 30 something 30 bucks or something i don't know yeah and you can buy off brand labels i do yeah. they they tend to curl a little b- bit more but it's not that huge of a deal um, the only time that they really run into a problem with me is when i try to put it on a a lumpy package you know something that's not really flat it kind of becomes a pain in the butt they don't go on as nice as the name brand labels. Um, I have a brother label printer. Do you still use a Zebra? Yep, I you? use an old Zebra. Let's see, it's a whoop, LP
0: 2844. They have manufacturer dates on them, and I made sure it used U, uh, USB because there's some older ones that use like whatever that old fat thing's called. But yeah, it's. My next,
1: my next upgrade is a wireless one. I want a wire, excuse me, a wireless label printer. Um, but that is not going to be my answer just because it's such. I'm like I said, every (laughs) every reseller will tell you that's one of their things. The thing that I'm going to tell you is something that I struggle with to this day, and I wish I would have known early on because hopefully I would I would have been to the point where I've perfected it. I have not. Organization is key when you are reselling a lot of things. Not only organizing your inventory, which I'm still not great at. um, I have tubs that are labeled all the way to like letter T or U. And really, I need to like keep going because I lose stuff still to this day where I don't know where I put it. In an eBay, you have a, a custom SKU field, which is SKU. And you can just put in there tub A or A. So when you sell that item, you know that all you have to do is go to tub A and it should be right there. Um, I am much better than I used to be. I'm still trying to get all of my inventory currently labeled because back when I was at the house, I didn't necessarily do this. So I'm trying to play catch up. It is key. And not only your inventory, but your are tracking your sales when it comes to taxes. you got to have all that information. Um, last year really sucked for taxes for me because it was the first year that I had to pay. I was probably should have paid before that, but I went over the, whatever the dollar amount was uh, and I had to pay tax. Yeah. And I had to pay taxes and I had to go back and check all of my eBay statements from the year prior and just try to come up with cost of goods with out of memory, it's not great. I'm still not great at it. Sometimes I'll buy so much stuff in a week that when I go to list it, I've lost, or uh, when I go to inventory it, I've lost the receipt. So I'm still not perfect, um, but I'm much better than I used to be. So for me, that's the thing is organization is so key to reselling. It makes your life so much easier. You save so much time, which in turn makes you more money because mm-hmm. there's times where I've lost an item. Like I I have this, uh, carriage, uh, Christmas carriage that I sold and I thought I knew exactly where it was and I cannot find it. I spent half an hour looking for that stupid thing, which takes away from the time I would have been listing. And Mm -hmm. I eventually just have to refund the buyer anyway. Um, I sent them a message and and asked them if they wanted, um, a similar priced item from my store, but they haven't gotten back with me. So I'm just going to have to refund them. But If I was organized and inventoried where I put it, it wouldn't have been an issue. So I think that's going to be my answer.
0: That's a good one. I like that because you're right about that. Like all that underwear, 14, 15, 1,800, however many pieces of underwear I have. uh, You can't see it, but in the back over here in my like dining room area, it's dark over there. I have, I think, six tubs so far or no, eight tubs. And all the different underwears in them. I got them by men and women, and even then, I've got what styles are in the tub. I just use my four by six label printer, and I go into Word and I type, you know, women's underwear. It's got the Elance string, and it's got the brief, and it's got this, that, and the other. And then I print it out, slap that puppy right on that tub. So when I sell different stuff, I can at least go there and look on my tub. Okay, it's not in that tub. Oh, it's in this tub here. Open that tub up. There it is. So yes, do you,
1: organization. Do you use a skew field? On no, eBay? I,
0: I don't. I don't use the skew field. Um, I think as I move forward, and I'm starting to. I'm done with my college now. If you if you listen to the past, I was in college for two years online, finishing my uh, degree for my job. So now that I'm done with that, I'm starting to lay or get more stuff. Like I bought 76 wrestlers the other day. For like, uh, like about a dollar a piece, like wrestling figures. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I'm gonna have to probably custom skew those. Um,
1: I it's don't know. It's so nice. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that's that's a really good one. Organization is key. I, I can't tell you how many times I've refunded buyers because I couldn't find the item that I sold them, and that just stinks.
1: Yeah it it's a it's a horrible feeling. One, you miss out on a sale because you have to basically not make that sale that you already had. Then it hurts your eBay account because you're not supposed to um, cancel transactions due to missing. You can, but once you hit so a percentage, it, it starts to negatively affect your account. So yeah. if you do happen to run into that problem, I always try to get the buyer to say, say they want to cancel it so I'll offer them something in return and I'll say hey you know you can have anything in my store that like I think the carriage I sold was 15 dollars. I told the buyer you can have anything in my store that's 30 bucks or under with a similar shipping or if you don't want that I can I can um cancel the order on your behalf so I kind of trick them and if they say it then yeah. I you're probably still not supposed to do that, but that's what I do because it's still hurts If you, if you hit that, the buyer request to cancel, it doesn't affect your account like um, the other way would, but it sucks to lose out on a sale like that. And then you always end up finding it like the day after that happens to me all the time. It's like, Oh, there's that stupid thing. And it's just, it's a pain.
0: That's a good one. I like it.
1: Okay, good Jake. Stuff. So um, it's been a month since we recorded last. Do you have a notable find or a notable sale that you would like to talk about um, let's from talk that about,
0: month? Let's talk about a sale. Okay. Um, in the summertime, I was at a Goodwill um, about 20 minutes from here, and they just rolled a rack out. And I know you like the fresh racks. Oh, <laughs> I the do best. love a fresh rack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll keep moving on.
1: Uh, <laughs> They had a whole bunch of cards,
0: buddy. Hey, baby. Yeah. Talk dirty. (laughs) (laughs) They had some Christmas stuff, uh, some Hallmark ornaments and Hallmark, um, like singing, moving ornaments. They're not ornaments. They're like, they sit on like your table or whatever. So I was like, oh, cool. One was Goofy. One was Mickey. One was Linus from Peanuts. And then there was two, um, alien from the alien movie aliens movies and one um brady bunch all ornaments and stuff and they were like at 99 cents to a dollar 99 each i just grabbed them all i was like i'm gonna sell these and they were going for like 20 30 bucks each whatever i was like well that's a pretty good flip for a dollar right mm-hmm. but half of me kind of lost where it was and the other half of me kind of found it this week <laughs> cleaning up the house but i was like well it's christmas let's get those listed So I sold one alien for forty-four dollars plus shipping. Um, I sold alien one was cool. It really, it's I got the alien queen and just like an alien. Alien queen is still for sale. Check out my uh, my eBay. The Game Boy, haha. Okay. Uh, The next, yeah, a little plug there, shameless. Goofy who's playing like a uh, an upright bass. He sold for eighty dollars.
1: Holy Mickey playing a
0: saxophone. Big, how big are these things? Um, six inches tall.
1: Oh, my God. Five inches
0: tall. Um, Mickey playing the saxophone sold for 35 He's not as popular, apparently. And the biggest one, I can't believe it. And I kind of took a, a best offer. I probably should have held out. But, you know, bird in the hand is worth two in the bush or something. Um, yeah. Linus playing the trumpet. He sold for a hundred and seventy dollars. That is
1: nuts.
0: And a, a pro tip, since these things go for so much money, and condition is everything, and people want to know, hey, it works. You know, does it work really? Are you lying? I did little one-minute videos, uploaded them to YouTube, and then I put that in my listing. So you can do that through an HTML thing. So they could click on that and watch. Get, it took them right to my YouTube channel, took them right to the video, and they can see Linus rocking back and forth and hear the music. And I turned him around so they can see. So some of your high items, high-dollar items that have moving parts or are really super collectible, you might get a leg up over your competition if you have a video in your listing. I need to start hey, doing that. said that instead of the printer. Oh, well.
1: <laughs> it's all right. The printer is key. Especially for new people, you gotta get the printer. Gotta get just suck it up and buy it.
0: So that's my notable sales. I have a notable listing I want to talk about. It's got some uh got some watchers on it. Uh, my son likes squishmallows and he likes the frog squishmallows the most. And his froggy that he has used sells
1: for like three hundred something dollars. You have a picture because I keep hearing about these squishmallows. Like what the heck is this? I have never. They're just heard of- stuffed animals. You get them at like
0: Kroger or Walgreens or you know place like that. They're super soft, very squishy. They're very high quality stuffed animals. They're just they're usually just round with a face on them. They don't have like usually don't have arms and stuff like a teddy bear. Do you have a picture of one? I do. I've got one that's selling. I'm gonna pull. It. I need I'm gonna to start show it looking out for these things. If you can, hold on, let me, uh, I don't know if I can get that to, you know, technology oh. here. I'm not so good at it. Hey, oh, there you there go. there
1: it is. That so thing's is, worth $300? I've got it
0: listed. Where am I at? Can you see the money? Oop. I got it listed for $395. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't think we're going to get that. But that's my son's. He likes the frog. There's there's Felipe. And then there is Wendy. Wendy the frog. Felipe's his frog. And, and he has it, loves it. Felipe, and he has hearts on his cheek. Wendy has circles on her cheek. That's the difference. And Felipe's worth more than Wendy. But that flat, it's like a flat one. It's just crazy price. I, I listed it for that. We'll see what happens. And he gets all the money. 100% of the money goes to him.
1: I'm going to have to do some research because I've heard this Squishmallows thing multiple times here lately. Yeah. And I'll glance at the stuffed animals when I go into Goodwill, but I don't normally like dig a whole bunch unless I see something really cool or I, you know, I've got a cart full of stuff that I'm already spending a bunch of time, but I really need to do some research on that.
0: And then I also got a WWF jacket i asked you about and you helped me get an idea um it's the rock and it's from like 1998 or 99 and it's like in real clean condition i picked i picked that up this summer for five bucks and i have it on there for 500 and i think there's uh, at least one or two watchers on it so yeah i I used worst
1: point to to price that out and I we I told Jake to go higher than what the last one was sold. So hope hopefully you get, you know, an offer or something because Yeah, that'd be, great. That'd be a pretty sweet profit. It's a super cool coat. All right, how about you? So I I've made a bunch of sales. I mean, I'm you know, full time, I make a ton of sales all the time, but I haven't had anything that was like really worth mentioning that I can remember. I've sold a lot of stuff in the thirty dollar range, forty, fifty, but nothing crazy. But um, I did have a fun find, and it's really memorable for a few different reasons. The first thing is, it was like 30 degrees outside, and I was at a garage sale in Indiana. That just doesn't happen around here. The lady said that she basically had to push back her garage sale multiple times due to other things that popped up. And when it was finally, I think it was the week before Thanksgiving or two weeks before Thanksgiving, she decided that she was going to have that garage sale no matter what. So she set up shop when there was frost on the ground. There was nobody at the sale because people in Indiana don't go looking for garage mm. sales. It was a Friday, and I don't know if this will work. We'll try it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if I can see it. So this Mickey Mouse shirt was there. I think I ended up paying 4 bucks for it. I've got it listed for 100 It, which isn't – it's not like a, a Grail item by any means, but it's just super cool. And to find it at a garage sale in Indiana, in basically winter time, was super fun. That uh, that same sale, I bought a ton of um, what's it called Department Fifty Six Christmas figurines. I've been listing those. I think I've probably sold five of them already. Um, I paid 150 bucks for all of them. I'll, I'll at least double my money. Um, and mm-hmm. I've got a whole tub. Back there somewhere that I need to list. Um, but what made it even more interesting is I actually texted Jake when I left the sale that how crazy it was that there was a garage sale in Indiana and he didn't respond. And as I'm driving to the post office, I see Jake loading a lamp into his car. <laughs> there was a random estate sale that day too. And our town has what, like 15,000 people? It's not yeah. like a huge city or anything. Um, we don't have a sales very often. The person posted it to Facebook, but not on like the estate sale website or anything. So Jake had bought a few things and I ended up going in there and, um, I, I got a few cool things, a, a Jimmy, um, which Jimmy G E M M Y is a brand of animatronics mm-hmm. for mainly holidays that I've sold in the past. I've done really well. Um, but I, I spent, 12 bucks there Mm -hmm. and one of the things i got was a cuckoo clock and i sold the cuckoo clock on macari for 40 bucks um so i'm already in the profit it was just that whole day was just so weird yeah because you go from a garage sale that shouldn't be there which has this hard to find disney shirt um the lady didn't even know where she got it like she thought (laughs) it was her daughters and um then you know i leave trying to get a hold of you to talk about this garage sale and I just see you randomly loading a lamp into your, it was just a weird day. And it was, it, that's the stuff that I love about reselling. You just never know what's going to happen when you, yeah. you know, driving down the road and you find something in the garbage or you you see your friend loading a lamp in and then it leads you to an estate sale. By the way, if I did not see Jake loading that lamp, I would have never known that the estate sale was there because mm-hmm. their sign was like tiny and it was like blown over. Um, mm-hmm. so I would have never known it. I thought he was picking up something off of Facebook marketplace when he told me that he bought that lamp. Um,
0: yeah. 1950s. Actually. I think fifties lamp. Are you putting so, it to so, use in the house? I think I'm going to use it. I think I'm going to hold on to it for a while. It's just, it's funky. It's cool. Yeah. yeah it's I, I, heavy.
1: I got a few things there. I did. All right. Um, I mean, I got like a I said, little metal guy. Of I got that little metal action figure. You're looking at his butt.
0: I got a picture yeah. of that. Just post that. Really uh, fun. <laughs> in the, I bought a magnifying glass, and we're trying to look at it, and we can't see it, and neither of us just realized there's a magnifying glass sitting right there. Yeah. So
1: here's was, do you remember what the it. toy was? It was like steel something? Yeah, I'd have Dragons, to look it up again. Dragons of Steel. I
0: don't remember what it it's was. like 1981, but the it's it's like a little, little smaller than a small G.I. Joe, and it's made of metal. It's, it was just too weird. I couldn't pass it up. I had to get it. Who knows where it is? It's somewhere in this
1: house. So yesterday, I got to tell you this. Yesterday, I was in Goodwill, which I go all the time. Um, but there was a, a reseller there that I've, you know, struck up a conversation with a couple times. He's actually recognized Jake from watching my videos now, which is kind of funny. Jake's been recognized before me on my own YouTube channel. Um, but anyway, he's a cool guy. And he, w- he came in right after me. And, um, as I was, you know, he said something about, oh, I shouldn't have even come today. I was like, well, I, I was here for a while. So as I left, I texted him and I said, Hey, if you you know, find anything crazy, let me know if I missed it. And he, he said that he was going to buy a couple things, nothing crazy. But he told me the day before he bought a bag of GI Joe's, which I was there the day before I actually had the bag in my hand and they were all bust. Like the legs were all torn off. They, they were just mm. torsos. I knew they would be worth something, but I didn't want to have to go through and sort them out and make, you know, 15, 20 bucks. Apparently freaking GI Joe's would are skyrocketing in price. He told me that he had an offer. Let me see if I can find it. Um, for 77 bucks. <laughs> and there was a $3 bag of busted GI Joe's. I should have just bought them and listed them. And, I just thought it would have been too much work no he just listed them legs and torsos <laughs> strewn out i guess i screwed hey. myself i was like well you're welcome you're welcome that i left him there so <laughs> that's awesome that was crazy okay jake we're coming to a close here do you have any buy it now recommendations any books you've read any movies you've watched restaurants you've eaten at any anything you want to recommend to the audience of something you have enjoyed lately
0: I got nothing. I, I've only the only thing I've done other than buy stuff is spend money on my on my daily driver and my pickup truck. I put too much money out the door on that stuff. Um, that's been my my universe since we've talked. So you haven't tried any new foods or anything. No, I did watch Squid Game. Oh, I yes. Watch, I, I loved it. You, you made that recommendation, I think, last time, didn't you? So I took. I don't I know if I did.
1: recommended it on the podcast or if I just told you.
0: Well, either way, I watched it because I did thought like this looks stupid because all all you see is all the memes and stuff online. It was so much deeper and so much mm-hmm. more uh, to it than just red light, green light or whatever. Yeah, right. I, I thought it was pretty cool and it looks like they left it open for another one maybe.
1: Yeah, there, it's been it's been. A- no pun intended. It's been green-lighted to have a second season. Um, without any spoilers, I, I didn't cry or anything, but I, no. I did feel bad. There's a there's a scene um, where a, a character you think something bad happens to him, and I did feel bad, but I didn't like cry or anything. And then uh, there's a twist that happens at the end. I was so mad at that. I was oh, like, same. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a great show. If you haven't watched it, check out Squid Game. It's really good. Um, the thing is, you're either going to have to watch it with subtitles or you're going to have to watch it dubbed. I chose to watch it dubbed. Did you do dubbed or did you do subtitles?
0: I did dubbed. I thought it was much better that way.
1: Yeah. Um, generally, if I watch a movie, which I haven't watched a movie in years that has that option, I like to watch it with subtitles. Um, but these days, I'm, you know, I'm on my phone, I'm doing listings, I'm, I don't mm-hmm. have the, the focus to actually read the, what's going on on the screen. So I, I list or I watch most things dubbed if I, I don't even know if I've watched anything in the last year besides that that had any dubbing because I don't tend to but it was really good. Um, my buy it now recommendation is going to be a book that I read. I am a fan of Dan Brown. And if you don't know who Dan Brown is, he wrote the um, Da Vinci Code books. Um, he, he's written more than just Da Vinci Code, but that's like what he's really known for, the angels and demons. And mm-hmm. he wrote, I think it came out last year. It's called Origin. I really enjoyed it. It's a little slower than most of his books that I've read. Basically what he does is he merges a lot of historically accurate topics into a fiction narrative so like when he does the the da vinci code there's lots of real information about the artists and you you kind of don't know where he merges or you know blends that line of what's real and what's fake the basic premise of this book is a a guy says that he has found out where we came from like you know Bible like type stuff where we originally came from and where we're going. So like the mm. beginning of life, the end of life is basically the premise. It was, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, it's scary how true that it could be. Uh, I won't give anything away, even though probably most people won't go in and read a book on a recommendation, but um, it's some scary stuff. It has to do with technology and you know, that, that kind of stuff scares me a little bit because technology is, a scary thing that you never know where it's really taking the human race especially if you've watched um or read ready player one yeah like it's just it's just a scary topic is is really all i can say without ruining um the the high notes of that book but if you if you like reading books and you want to get into a series check out the dan brown books um it is a sequel to angels and demons and da vinci code so you'll probably want to read the other ones before you get to origin. But uh, I really enjoyed it. Cool. Any other things you'd like to to plug before we head out of here? We talked about your Instagram. You, you got a plug for your eBay store. Uh, check out Hole in the Wall Games if you're mm. ever in the Brownsburg, Indiana area. It's a great little shop. Um, Jake does have cameras in there and he can talk to you from them, which is really creepy, <laughs> but he can. Sure um, can. Hopefully, I'll get this one posted to my YouTube channel um, since I've I've been more consistent. Uh, my uh, subs went up like 28 people because I had a random appearance in Froggy Flips YouTube channel. <laughs> cool. uh, I met him at an estate sale, and I just went up to him and said hi. Well, he left that in the, the clip and put my YouTube channel, like the picture of my YouTube channel on the screen. And one day I woke up and I kept getting notifications that I was getting new subscribers. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And yeah, I had picked up like 28 new subs. So cool. That was pretty cool. Well, your videos are fun to watch. So people need to subscribe. I like watching them and (laughs) I'm in some of them.
0: So yay.
1: I've got a cool one coming up. Um, I don't know when it will premiere, but uh, I get to see one of my past clients from the ARC. Um he's a cool guy named Jimmy. He's got Down syndrome and it's a it'll be a fun episode. So oh sweet. I've I've mainly just been doing um thrifting videos, like quick thrifts. But uh once I get the barn cleaned up, I'd like to do a like a room tour or an eBay space tour. So that's that's in the works, but I don't want to show people th- this mess that I got going on right now. Mm-hmm. So okay, Jake, it was great talking to you thanks for watching uh this episode six hopefully we'll get together in a couple weeks and we'll start uh knocking out some of those macari and poshmark because i really want to talk about that stuff i've been going heavy into the cross listing and i i think there's a lot of stuff that people want to know about those topics because i wanted to know before i started selling on them so right jake thanks for the chat hopefully you had a good time absolutely and we'll talk to you guys next time bye